I don't know this song. Yeah, we're going to have to stretch this one. <laughs> it's like, it's pretty cool. Um, it's got like the I like best. All, I the, like all the hiss. It sounds nasty. It yeah. sounds real. It, this is like the one of the best bass lines ever. It is. Oh, wow. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> there's, it sounds like there's reverb on the bass. Yeah, it sounds. the whole track sounds crazy. It's like cool pianos in one ear. Oh, there's great organ, too. The organ is sick. Yeah, the panning is really interesting on this. Yeah, I have not listened to it with headphones on. Like, I'm like, ooh, ooh. Like if this came out in the early '90s, yeah. maybe D'Angelo sang it. I would, I would believe it. I would believe it. I always think Sly and the Family Stone sounds sort of like Outkast samples. Yeah, yeah, I'm into that. With like the hors and stuff yeah. and the organ. Yeah. And this vocal is so strange. It's really cool. It's like singing but kind of rapping at the same time. It reminds me of Stevie Wonder, but like not as like flawlessly talented of a performance. Like a little bit more like painful sounding. Right, Which I think yeah. like helps. It's really compelling. Like that was very yeah. Stevie Wonderish. Yeah. It's like, piano. Yeah, the piano does some crazy stuff coming up. Like, What's going on with that organ? Yeah. <laughs> That's a guy on acid playing the organ. This is how a man on acid plays the organ. <laughs> it's like sounds like early drum machines, too, going right. on in the back. It's weird to hear a track that has horns on it where the horns are like one of the quietest things right like horns being quieter than the keys is really weird yeah normally horns are so good i like it so it's so good <laughs> welcome to listen to this a podcast in which we explore songs we like we research what they mean how they were recorded why they were written why we like them and why you should listen to this well, we're gonna have to take a break my uh my control f's not working i can control f be a good band name. Control F. Yeah. That would be fun if bands just Command like, S. Yeah. <laughs> Which one do you use the most on the computer? Command S. So for save. Save. How many times do you save um like a session in like one hour, you would say? Do you save it every time you do something new or do you save it just compulsively all the time? Compulsively. Yeah. Or even if I'm not like in Pro Tools, I'll be like surfing a website and do Command S and it'll like save the website. Oh, I always like, wanted to ask you this question. Um, this has nothing to do with the song, but when you like engineer sessions for really long days and you like fall asleep, do you like see sessions when you like close your eyes? You're like, I can't escape it. I, I don't like see sessions like Pro Tools sessions. Yeah, yeah. I definitely have like studio dreams though. <laughs> yeah, I definitely have studio dreams and they're usually pretty weird. Today's track is If You Want Me to Stay by the hugely influential and genre-breaking group Sly and the Family Stone. It was released in 1973 and soon thereafter climbed all the way to number three on the charts. It's probably the last huge hit for the group who had yeah. a bunch of really popular songs. It was written and produced by Sly Stone and he was going through his like tortured artist period. So he didn't really receive a lot of input from the rest of the band. But it's really important to mention that Rusty Allen, 
play the bass part. Nice. Before he became the driver for the Miller Lite car. Right, NASCAR. I was about to no, say, no, right? This dude, I was about to think, like, wow, that is such a NASCAR name. <laughs> that was Rusty Wallace. Either, but... that, either that or, like, linebacker for the Cowboys, you know? <laughs> From reporters. So, uh, what's your guy's take on the track here? Any concerns? Well, I think it's a fine track. You know, the, the techs have done a really good job of making sure the banks are grafted down to the right specs and there shouldn't be any problems. Yeah, we like the track, yep. We got to grab the banks and specs. It's like an oval, so we're going to drive straight and then we're going to be turning to the left. Excuse me, who is this kid? Is he even a driver? Ew, bring it on, Aaron Hart. You scared of the competition? I'm just as poor and stupid as you. You seem really stupid, Eric. Thanks, B-Buds. I really think I can hold my own against these guys. A little worried about that Jimmy Johnson guy, though. He seems dumber than spit. And that Danica Patrick chick? Phew. The bass line is, the, is like my favorite part of pretty much every song, but definitely this one. It's super iconic. I like vividly remember teaching this song. Uh, vividly. It's like only like five years ago. But I got hired to teach these bass lessons to this rabbi in the neighborhood. Oh, and he was, nice. And yeah, he was yeah, like, yeah. I want to learn if you want me to stay by Sly and the Family Center. No I was like, what way. the fuck? Where did he get? Well, I don't know. I mean, he's, he's probably an older gentleman. and yeah, probably yeah. Know, remembers the song. He, lo- he loved the song. Yeah. He's like, yeah, I used to listen to it at Cornell or college-like <laughs> yeah, Cornell. Ithaca. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> The baseline is awesome, man. It's so iconic. Um, I was going to ask you, like, how would you get a bass sound to kind of thump and be big, like carry kind of the weight of the track, but also like cut out when it's like more of a main instrument? Because yeah. usually bass is just a support role. Right. Like what I noticed in this track is like the the bass itself, like the sound is like kind of mid-rangey because he's playing up high on the bass and like doing like yeah. a lot of cool like melodic movements. But like the panning in this song is super extreme with having like the keys all the way in one ear and the organ all the way in the other ear, where normally they would be kind of either stereo or mono, but more towards the middle, which would muck up all that mid-range that the bass is in. Oh, cool. Like I think they made that choice, like oh, the bass is going to be the star of this track and put it right in the middle. Oh, that's so fun to think about, like people having like... Because those keys are really extremely Yeah, they're crazy. Yeah, and it's like (laughs) it's just like unusual to hear that, but then it makes the bass so clear. It's because Sly played the keys. He's oh. like, it's my name. Right. This is my stone family. My family. <laughs> so, I wonder how many times he's had like a meltdown and like it's gone that way. Well, he recorded a lot of the instruments on the song. Right. And like I was gonna ask you, how do how did like one person record a lot of instruments by themselves in like the early seventies? Yeah. Because nowadays it's easy. You just sit at a computer and you plug shit in and you're yeah. like, blah, 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 you turn a thing. It's like it must have been like kind of a more involved process back then absolutely more involved because like you're working with tape machines and anytime you have to work with a tape machine it's like you know working on like you know a muscle car yeah. you don't know if it's gonna like turn on the next day have you ever razored a piece of audio tape before i did like school once really? and that's, that's why cool. I, and then i was like man this sucks like <laughs> no one's gonna do this that's so fun tape is so expensive i remember like it's like what maybe 65 dollars a reel at one point this is 10 years ago i don't mm-hmm. know what it could be today and you know you only get fifteen minutes. You know yeah, it's yeah. three takes of a three you know three minute song, three and Oof. a half minute song. You know, you, I think I kind of think like there's some advantage to that. And like I've worked with groups who are like adamant about recordings to tape because they thought the sound was like warm or whatever the right. fuck that means. But now that I'm I'm older and gaining more experience, I see the advantage in that it like forces you to capture something more like a performance or a mm-hmm. moment as opposed to like a perfectly executed part. Right. So you might not even know in your head what is like perfect. 
might not really sound that great right. compared to like you just doing the damn thing. Right. So I kind of get it now. I never really thought about it. Yeah. Like, that. like I mean, the smart thing to do, like, and you know, studios can do this today. I don't know how common it is because it still is expensive, but you can record to yeah. tape and then dump from tape to program. Yeah. I mean, that's what everybody does. Yeah. So it's like you're kind of just running it through as, as if like the tape machine was a giant plug in and everything's yeah. going through it. <laughs> you know? I like watching the tape machine plugins. I, I know. I had yeah. a great idea, uh, like um, a 24 hour, like, news network mm-hmm. situation but instead of news it's just producers from around the the planet like using plugins on things oh it's like let's just see how how they're working at stockholm studios it's like oh he's got h delay up right like you can just like log like, like you're a producer mm-hmm. you can just log on and stream your yeah, yeah, yeah. shit and, and like golf golfed commentators yeah exactly like, like oh interesting choice I like he how went, you went with the H delay. Yeah, yeah, it's course. such a classic. Like if I was thinking about like what's like the golf channel plug in, yeah. H delay, man. <laughs> it's got the ping pong effect on it. James Patrick here with you. Here's some golf for you. Phil Mickelson. That's his shot. Oh, oh, oh I thought he was gonna get that one. Oh, but that's gotta be an easy birdie. Well, I can't see the hole, but looks good, alrighty. And this is Bubba Watt. He doesn't look like a Bubba to me. He looks Dinner. I made it. That's a great shot. Oh, he's even happy about it himself. Great job. But, but here's Tiger Woods. Sign the Family Stone is super groundbreaking group. They had weird, weird horn arrangements, weird keys, weird, really weird song structure. Yeah. Why do we celebrate genre-breaking groups when they're famous, but kind of disparage people? for not having a sound that we can latch on to right. before they get there. It's like weird. I think we like like our generation we're kind of born into like oh like defining success is like being commercially successful mm-hmm. instead of being like critically acclaimed. Yeah. But I think it's like now it's kind of changing a little bit now where like people are making like critically acclaimed albums that don't sell well but they're celebrated. Yeah. And I think Maybe back then, maybe the art was celebrated more, but if it wasn't as commercially successful, people were like, yeah. oh, it's like, not, it's that. How do you gauge, how did, how does the masses judge success? It's kind of crazy because back then, I feel like this was a hugely commercially successful record. And it's like, we always hear there were all these bands were breaking all this ground, but everyone was loving them and people were going to their shows. And like, maybe it's just like the way people tell stories about that era. It could be. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, like, when you think about, like, music in the 70s, like, there was such... It's so romanticized. Yeah, I know, it is. Which is cool. It is, it is cool, though. I think that influences the way I listen to it, honestly. Definitely, because, like, like, the 70s, I feel, like, is really where, like, the technology kind of started really taking off on, like, this exponential thing, you know? Like, where, like, experimentation really took off. Yeah. And, um... Yeah, it's weird. It's weird that we do like romanticize it a little bit. Well, it's like last thing about this the song, it was recorded in the studio, um, the record plant. Nice. Right? And nice. Saw, in, uh, over there in California yeah. where Fleetwood Mac recorded yeah. rumors. So it was recorded, if you remember, all the way back to listen to the listen to this season one, episode two, we talked about Dreams by Fleetwood Mac. And Stevie Nicks wrote this song in Sly Stone's That's studio, right. which is where he also That's recorded right. this. Wow. Which apparently, if anybody remembers, had a nice circular-shaped bed and velvet attached to the walls. Wow. So just imagine Sly, like, yelling at horn players. (laughs) (laughs) From his bed. From his bed. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome to listen to this. I'm doing the intro again. We can leave that in. That's that's embarrassing enough. (laughs) Thanks so much for listening to this podcast. Please spread the word about this podcast to all your people. We're on Instagram. Instagram. 
It's the new. It's the new. We're the, yeah. New shit. New shit. Instagram. Yeah. If you don't know about it, yeah, yeah, new shit. we're on Patreon, <laughs> <laughs> and we have a playlist on Spornkify with all the songs from season one, season two, and their corresponding episodes. Thanks for listening to this.